You're listening to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. Knowledge, techniques, and inspiration for your teaching and your practice. I'm your host, Mado Hesselink. If you're a yoga teacher who loves learning, is passionate about spreading the benefits of yoga, and desires more resources to support your teaching, you're in the right place. Let's get started with today's episode. Does it seem like every single yoga teacher in the world is teaching online right now? As yoga studios around the world shut their doors, yoga teachers rush to get their classes online. And all of a sudden, the questions in the Yoga Teacher Resource Facebook group were all about streaming videos, taking online payments, and how to get different online platforms to communicate with each other. But I know that not all of you are doing this. There are many reasons you might not be jumping on the online class bandwagon. Maybe you don't have a strong enough internet connection or the right technology. Perhaps you're uncomfortable on video and don't feel up to jumping out of your comfort zone during the middle of a pandemic. Or maybe your home is filled with noise and people and clutter and there just isn't a place for you to film online. Whatever your reason for choosing not to teach online, it doesn't mean that you have to put your yoga business completely on hiatus. Today, I'm going to share some of the other things you could be working on during the time of social isolation. And of course, if you are teaching online, you can do these things as well, although you might not have as much time available to devote to them. Before I launch into this, I do want to put it out there that if you don't choose to focus on your yoga business during this time, you have my complete support. I hope that you're making choices from an empowered place of really listening to your own values and your own intuition, and that you feel good about whatever choices you're making. You don't need to compare yourself and your actions to what anybody else is doing. However, if you're listening to this episode, then I think it's likely that you want some guidance and some inspiration about what you can do to nurture and to grow your business, even during this time where you can't teach live and in person. I hope these ideas spark your own internal wisdom and help you feel empowered and excited to make the best of this moment in your life. The first and possibly the most exciting potential for this shakeup in your routine is to recommit and reconnect to your personal yoga practice. If you've lost some of the magic that inspired you to become a teacher in the first place, consider using this as a wake-up call to center your own practice in your life. This could take many forms, and I'm definitely not one who imagines that a personal practice has to look a specific way. It doesn't have to be an hour by yourself on your mat. It's really about centering whatever practices fill your cup. For some, that might mean taking a bunch of those online classes that other teachers are offering. And by the way, if you have the means, please choose paid classes put on by independent teachers and studios instead of memberships to massive online platforms or free offerings. For others, it could mean a long walk around the neighborhood while listening to your favorite podcast episode. As the parent of a young child, I understand that while some people have a lot more time on their hands, parents have a whole lot less. Like me. This is the routine that keeps me sane. I get up super early before my kids are up, around six. I drink a cup of coffee and meditate. Then I do about 30 minutes of some kind of movement. Depending on how I feel, it could be very gentle or more vigorous. Usually this, I do not consider this to be my workout for the day. I'll 
So while there might be some strengthening aspects, which feels grounding to me, I won't be really focused on getting my heart rate up or anything like that. When the sun comes up, I head out the door for a brisk walk slash sometimes a little bit of a run. When I get home, I feel charged up and ready to face my day. Your practice doesn't need to look like mine at all. This is just what I've figured out works for me, and it's been based on a lot of trial and error. Mostly error, of course. (laughs) But I'm really deeply committed to suffering less personally and to helping others suffer less. So my experience has taught me that a little bit of effort in the early morning to make space for this practice leads to a lot less struggle and suffering the rest of my day. I invite you to make that same commitment, run some experiments and figure out what works for you. As a yoga teacher, you've probably already done some of this, but ask yourself, how can you center your own physical and mental well-being under the circumstances that you're currently in? Because those circumstances have likely changed since pre-pandemic. The second and third projects that I recommend committing to during this time is revisiting the foundations of your yoga business and your yoga career. So that means niche and market research. We'll start with niche. If you're not sure about your niche, I recommend going back and listening to a recent episode called Why Your Marketing Isn't Working and How to Fix It. On that episode, I go into a lot of detail about what a niche actually is and why most yoga teachers, even if they think they have a niche, often only have half their niche. If you're a patron of the podcast, then you have access to a questionnaire that you can use to help you get more clarity on your niche. That's available to download on the Patreon platform. If you're not yet a patron, you can go to teachingyoga.net slash patron to learn more about how to support the podcast through patronage and the different levels of support and benefits. Once you have a niche and recognize that your niche can totally be a work in progress and really probably will be a work in progress for a really long time. But once you have your niche, then you can move into doing market research based on your target market. Your target market is not the entirety of your niche, but it's the part of it that defines who are the people that you want to teach. In a nutshell, market research is crafting a deeper understanding of the wants, needs, and habits of your target market. You can begin this process by searching online for places that target the same people as you. For example, Amazon reviews of a book targeted at your ideal audience, blog comments, online communities, social media, your own social media. What you're looking for is places where the people in your target market are talking about things that they struggle with, things that they aspire to or dream of, and questions that come up over and over. While reading these comments can be really, really helpful, it does pale in comparison to having one-to-one conversations with people in your target market. The insights and the connection that you gain from having conversations with real, actual people will amplify your ability to speak to them, to others in the same category, in a way that helps them understand the benefits of working with you. So if you struggle with getting people to commit or to attend classes regularly, I highly recommend taking on the project of in-person market research. If you're not sure how to find people to talk to or what to say to them, I have you covered with a complete guide to market research for yoga teachers 
again, available to patrons of the podcast at any contribution level who sign up before the end of May, or patrons at the $20 a month level who sign up anytime. At the $20 a month level, you get access to the archives of all the resources that I've created specifically for patrons. Again, the link to learn more about the patron program for the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast is teachingyoga.net slash patron. Okay, so maybe you've got your niche dialed in, at least good enough for now, and you're working on market research, but it does take some time. If you've got more energy and time left over, this would be a good time to work on creating a library of educational content. This content could be as simple as social media posts or as in-depth as blog posts or even videos. What format would you like to use to stay in touch with your students? Do you want to provide suggestions for quick yoga snacks via email or detailed post guides on a blog? Maybe you want to do audio meditations via a podcast. Whatever your format, you want to start with the needs and desires of your target market in mind. So whenever possible, imagine that you're creating each piece of content for a specific person. This will make your content warm, relevant, and personal. It's up to you whether you want to start releasing your content now to stay top of mind with your students or to collect a backlog of content to release once you start teaching in person again. Another great project you may want to take on during this time and the perfect place to host and collect all that content is your website. If you've been meaning to create a website or upgrade your website but haven't gotten around to it, this might be the perfect time. You don't need a clean house, a bunch of equipment, or even silence to finally create your website. Here is what you do need broken down into 10 steps. One, you need to know your intended audience. Who do you want to come and visit your site? Two, know what you want them to do. What's the number one thing that you want people to take action on when they land on your website? Three, choose what functionality you need. Do you need a blog, online booking, email signup? Four, choose which platform you want to use. Consider WordPress, Squarespace, or Offering Tree in order from most technical to least technical. Five, choose a template or a theme. For WordPress, you'll want to make sure you choose a premium theme, which you will have to pay for because they're more secure from hackers. And I recommend the Divi framework by Elegant Themes. I think Offering Tree only has one theme, so you wouldn't need to make a choice there. And for Squarespace, you'll just have to look through all of their options. Six, gather or take photos. And if you don't take your own, make sure that they're royalty free for commercial use. Seven, write out the content for all the pages you plan to have on your site. For example, mission, bio, a description of what you offer, any pages that are important to you. And yes, definitely write your content before you put the site together. Otherwise, you'll get stuck editing as you go and it will really slow you down. Eight, customize your theme or template using the content that you already wrote and the photos you already selected. Get everything put together as quickly as possible and do not second guess your text while you're creating your site. Don't agonize over color or images, just put together a first draft and walk away. In fact, this might be a really good project to hire somebody, maybe even like a teenage child to do for you so that you don't get in the weeds of, oh, I'm just going to make sure the grammar's right here. Oh, I think I could word this better. That'll come later. For now, just get it put together. 
nine, hit publish and share it with your community, your students, your supporters, your family, and your friends and ask for feedback. 10, set aside time to refine and update your website on a regular basis. Expect that your site is going to be a work in progress forever. So all you have to do is be on a regular schedule of updating it and making it a tiny bit better on a regular basis. I think the biggest mistake that non-web designers make when they're creating their own website is treating their website as if it's a static project like a book or a painting where at a certain point it's done and you set it and forget it. In order for a website to work for you, in order for a website to actually do its job, you need to be interacting with it on a regular basis. And if you're not super tech savvy or don't love technology, that might not be what you want to hear. Eventually, you'll be able to hire somebody else to do it, but you do want to know how to do it yourself. And if you want all those steps I just shared with you in a principal download, you guessed it. All you have to do is become a patron. I went a little crazy with bonus content for this episode. I won't be able to do this every week, but this episode was just screaming for extra resources to help you take action. The link to become a patron one more time is teachingyoga.net slash patron. That's just P-A-T-R-O-N, patron. So if you have all those pieces I've already talked about in place, or maybe you don't even feel ready to go there yet, The next thing I would consider working on right now, instead of teaching online, is to learn a new skill. There are so many online courses out there, both yoga-related or not yoga-related, to choose from. So if you've always wanted to take a yoga nidra training, or you've been meaning to study up on anatomy, this would be a really great time to do so. And my final suggestion for something to work on during this time is instead of learning something new, this might be the perfect moment to dip back into a past life and revisit some old passions. Did you used to paint with watercolors, but you haven't done so for years? Pull out your paints and rekindle the passion. So often, once we become yoga teachers, it's like our old identities start to fade into the background. And then in this moment where we're not teaching, it would be easy to feel a little bit lost or adrift. So maybe check back in with who you used to be. What were your hobbies and passions before yoga came into your life? What have you let go of that you would love to make time for again? Okay, friends, I hope that this episode has reassured you that you can still be moving forward in your yoga business and filling your cup so that you're ready to serve your students again once in-person classes resume, whether or not you choose to teach online right now. If you love the podcast and listen regularly, I would love to have you as a patron so that you can access the extra trainings, downloads, and guides that I create, especially for members of that community. You can get all the details and sign up at teachingyoga.net slash patron.